Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning. How are you guys doing? Happy New Year. Is everybody doing all right this morning? Some of you are watching online. For those of you that are here this morning, it's good to, good to be back. Uh, hope you had a really good Christmas break, and uh, it's exciting to start the year together. One of the things that uh, you guys know this, as you start a new year, it's kind of tis the season to kind of set some new habits. And one of the things that most people do during this season is they decide that, you know what, in order to change some things in my life, maybe I need to change some new habits. I need to make some new habits. And so, so probably some of you, uh, over the holidays, you, uh, you got yourself a, a Fitbit or you got yourself an Apple Watch and man, you got that thing charged up and, and you could tell me right now how many steps you've already taken today. And, and because you know, man, I want to I wanna maybe lose some weight. I want to get in better health. And so you, you picked up a Fitbit. Maybe, maybe for you, it was like, man, I, I got to start drinking some more water and so, you know what, I, I got I to gotta spend at least $50 on a really good water bottle, and uh, then I'll, I'll start drinking more water. Uh, maybe, maybe for you, it was like, uh, this is a picture of me and Lori uh, when we got married, and, and maybe for you, it was like, you know what, we, we got to do more date nights this year. We, we man, we've, we've been kind of skimping on the date nights, and so, man, you, you and your spouse sat down, and you got the calendar out, and you said, you know what, we got to we got to get some date nights on the calendar. Maybe for you it was, man, I got to get connected with God more. And obviously in order to get connected with God more, I got to go buy me a new Bible. And you know the people that have new Bibles because they keep the box. They bring the box with them to church. So maybe maybe you got your box and you take it out to kind of do the sermon thing and then you put it back in there. And for you, you said, I got to get me a new Bible. Maybe it was a new devotional because... You know what? In order to, to get closer to God, I got to have the right tools. Or, or maybe it's like, ah, this is the year I got to start reading. I haven't read a book since I was in 11th grade, and now it's just like the cliff notes. And so, uh, you know what? You, you, you got you a couple, three or four books, and you kind of got to stack together. You even put something out on Facebook and ask people for suggestions. Uh, you know, books they read, and you wanted to kind of be in that I read books club, and so you got yourself some books or Maybe it was a, a new journal, and this is the year you're actually going to start journaling, or you're going to kind of write some things down and keep track of your life a little bit better. And so, uh, I don't know what it was for you, but, but you, you, you got some stuff together. Maybe for you it was, I got to get to church more. And so, you grabbed that calendar, and you said, we're clearing out some of our Saturday nights, and man, we're going we're gonna to make it to church you know, more. And, and man, what are we on? We're, we're like, day nine? You're doing pretty good. And I'm doing pretty good. We get through, you know, day nine, day 15, you know, we're into day 20. We're three weeks in and man, we are doing really good. 
And we're, we're making some progress on our goals. And we're, we're, man, we actually went out on a date with our wife. And man, we're, we're, we're excited about our Fitbit. And we're sharing that on social media. And you know, kind of what we're doing. And man, we've read our Bible for, for 10 days in a row. And man, we're, we are feeling pretty good. But, but then usually what happens, and you know this, happens to all of us. We, we get into a few weeks into this thing. And, and we, we have given it our best effort for those first few weeks. But then we get into March, and uh, we get into February, and, and we begin to lose sight a little bit. We, we forget to charge the Fitbit, and so we don't wear it. And that, that budgeting app we put on our phone, there was a couple unexpected expenses that kind of blew that thing up, and so that, that kind of gets messed up, and, and, and we, we kind of find out that, man, life's gotten busy, and so those date nights we put on the calendar, we... Man, we don't really, we kind of skip a few of those. And, and because we're not really facing any kind of crisis in our life, the, the whole church thing and Sundays, I mean, if we don't have anything better to do, we'll get there. But it's just a lot of things started off really well, but they just, for whatever reason, February or March came around and, and they just kind of went so-so. It didn't really go anywhere. And what happens is a year goes by and, and we're frustrated at the end of the year because we actually weigh more than we did at the beginning of the year. Our money's worse. I mean, we, we get to the end of the year and we're frustrated because nothing ever really changed. And, and then what happens is five years, 10 years, 15 years, and before you know it, we, we don't even try to change anymore because we've, we've stacked all these years together, and we've had all these great intentions, and we've spent all kind of money on, on things to help us with our habits, and, and we get to the end of a year, and it just never changes, so we just stop trying to change, and we kind of wonder, like, like why? Why did this happen? I mean, whether you're 20 or 80, or somewhere in between, man, man you, you know what it's like to experience the frustration of knowing you need to change, even knowing some of the steps you should take to change, but yet at the end of the day, it just never seems to work out. And then we wonder why, 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 why? Because, man, you know what? We we bought the new journal and we sat down in a coffee shop and we, we ask ourselves that question, man, what needs to change? And we, man, we made a list. And then we ask ourselves, what action steps do I need to take? And we, man, we made a list of that too. And we made it, made it in a couple colors so it even looked good. But we end up getting so, so results. And so why doesn't anything ever change? And here's what I want to throw out at you. Could it be at the heart of our frustration is the fact that we're asking ourselves the wrong questions? Well, I mean, maybe you say, well, what do you mean, Chris? We're asking ourselves, we usually start the year and we start changes out by asking ourselves a lot of what questions, what needs to change, what action steps or habits do I need to start to make those changes? But then we get to the end of that, what we hope was going to be some change and nothing happens. Let me give you some examples. 
Well, what needs to change? I, I need to lose weight. So what do I need to do? I, I got to join the gym. What, what needs to change? I, I want to get closer to God. And so what do I need to do? I need to buy a new devotional. What needs to change? I, I, I want to stop looking at porn. This is the year I want to be pure. So what do I do? I, I move the computer out of my room. What, what needs to change? This year I want to manage my money better. And so what do I do? I download a budgeting app. And, and none of these things are bad. These, these aren't bad things to do. But, but here's what I found. What questions rarely motivate lasting change? Let me say it a different way. What questions educate, but they do not motivate? What questions, what needs to change? What steps do I need to take? It, it educates us. It tells us something, but it rarely motivates us to really make lasting change in our life. But because here, here's the bottom line. We already know the answers. Like, like we ask questions, what needs to change? Is there anybody in here that doesn't already know the answer in their life? Is there anybody in here that when you say, hey, what needs to change? Okay, what do I need to do? Like, oh, I want to lose weight. What do I need to do? I need to stop putting donuts in my face as much. Like, we already know the answers to our what questions, but yet we don't seem to get any traction. And here's the good news. There's better questions. There are harder questions. But if we're willing to grapple with some of these better questions, which is what I want to do over these next few weeks, I believe we can come to some answers that will help us produce lasting change. If you have your Bible this morning, you can turn to the book of Philippians. And this morning, we're going to introduce some different questions. And we're going to do that by looking at a guy in the scriptures by the name of Paul. And Paul, if you grew up in church, or even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard of this guy, Paul. And Paul, 2,000 years ago, had to grapple with some of the same questions that we have to grapple with. And he, he does that. We're going to look at Philippians 3, and, and we're going to kind of lean into some of these questions that Paul had to answer a few thousand years ago. And here, here's the first question. The first question is simply this. Who am I? Immediately, if I was to walk up to you and I was to ask you that question, if you're watching online, if I was to walk up to you and I was to ask you, hey, and maybe you did this this morning with somebody, hey, who are you? Uh, immediately somebody, oh, my name's Chris. You give them a name. That's your natural thing. Who am I? You give them a name. Or who, who am I? And you, you begin to automatically mention, oh, I'm an engineer. I'm a pastor. I'm a basketball player. I'm a, and we... we we answer that question with what we do and because in our minds that's our identity but that's not the question the question isn't what's your name the question isn't what are you good at or what do you do the question is who are you who am i paul in philippians chapter 3 he answers that question for himself he says this he says for we are the circumcision. 
Like you church people in circumcision, you guys talk about it. Paul's talking about something else. He says, we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Paul, who are you? And he, he talks about this. He says, we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast or glory in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. See, others, as, as Paul was writing this, and, and we can relate with this, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can relate with this. We can all relate with, with putting our identity in things we do. And as Paul was talking to these people, he, he was talking to people who were around others who were promoting good works. They were promoting outward conformity to a set of laws as their identity. If you were to ask them, hey, who are you? They would begin to run down a list of, of things they were doing. Their identity was tied into their performance. If, if you were to walk up to them and, hey, talk to some of these people that Paul was writing to and some of the religious people of that day and said, hey, who are you? Answer that question. They would begin to give you a list. Oh, here's what I do. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. And because their identity was tied to their performance. And for Paul, if you know anything about Paul, he understood this. Paul understood what it was like to put your identity in what you do for God instead of really who you are because he had lived that life. And what Paul does in the next few verses is he says, let, let me share with you a little bit of my story. He says this, he says, Although I have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul says, if we're having a contest on who's done a lot, I mean, whose list is the longest and who's done the most stuff and, and who has the best resume before God, I got you guys beat hands down. I've got it. And he begins to go through it a little bit. He says, he says, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law of Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Paul says, I've got you guys all beat. If we're going to have a contest about who's who based on what they've done, I got you. He says, man, I'm, I, I've been educated under the most brilliant Jewish scholars of the day. He, he says, I'm, my heritage is impeccable. I'm, I'm a pure-blooded Israelite. I'm from the, the tribe of Benjamin, which is where Israel got its first king. I, I'm, I'm educated in Hebrew. I'm a Pharisee. I mean, the Pharisees were the sect that had the strictest view of the law. They, they were the most religious of the religious. He says, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I, I mean, I, I'm, I was so passionate about what I believed, I would destroy anyone that believed different. Nobody beat me in zeal. He says, that, that was me, man. If, if a resume could earn you favor or earn you an identity, man, my resume won every single time. And maybe you can relate. 
Maybe you can relate with Paul's journey. Maybe you grew up in a system where you gained your identity and God's favor based on the good things you did in your life. If you did, if you, if you kind of grew up in a system like that, maybe you're like, dude, I, I kind of relate with Paul. Because in the, the kind of the system I grew up in, it was, man, if someone was going to ask me, like, who are you? I mean, I would automatically give them a list of things I do or things I don't do. And maybe that was just the system you grew up in. And if you did, you, you probably fell into one of two categories, maybe both. And, and here's the, the categories. You lived a defeated life. And, and here's what I mean. You, if you grew up in a system where your identity was tied to what you did, then you probably had times, a lot of times of defeat because maybe, man, you never quite measured up. You, you probably felt shame and guilt. You may have even walked away from the church entirely because you just got to a point where it was impossible to check all the boxes. And so you said, I just, I can't keep up with it. So I'm just walking away. Maybe you lived a defeated life. Or maybe you would find yourself on the other side and you were proud. Because you know what? You were pretty good at keeping the rules. I mean, you, you, and you were pretty proud of that. You, you, and you maybe didn't say this out loud, but you kind of looked down on people that didn't keep the rules as good as you. And so you found yourself either living a defeated life, like I, I can never measure up, or you lived a proud life because, man, you felt like you did measure up and everybody else needed to get their stuff together. See, everything about Paul and his identity, because it used to be this, it all changed for Paul when he met Jesus. And here's what Paul says. He says this in verse 7. He says, but everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them dung so that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Paul says, that life, all those things I gave, literally gave my life for, those things that defined me, those things that were my identity, I look back on those now that I've met Jesus, and I consider them dung, which is, I mean, it's just a, a pretty gross word. I mean, it's a, it's a gross word that, that, man, it's stuff that goes in the toilet. And Paul, that, he's saying, that's what all those things that people were so impressed with, I consider it loss. It was worthless. It was wasted. That's what my identity was. And so you say, Paul, so okay, I get it. So Paul, who are you? Answer that question. And Paul would say this, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. He has transformed me and is my greatest treasure. Paul, no, 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 no. You, you were a Pharisee. Paul, you were a, a murderer. No, 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 Paul, you were a... No, no, Paul says. 
That's not who I am. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. He has transformed me and is my greatest treasure. Let me say this, and I'll put this up on the screen. If you're a follower of Jesus, do not believe the lie that your identity is tied to your past, your bad days, or your best days. Well, let me read that again. Because for some of us watching online, or maybe we're here this morning, the reason we never move forward, we, we get all the stuff, we set all the goals, we, man, we, we, we get the chart and we start down the road of habits, but we never really get past this question of who am I? And we live a defeated life because our identity is in what we do, not who we are. And Jesus is saying to you, you are not your past. You are not your best day, and you are not your worst day. That's not who you are. See, when God looks at you, if you're a follower of Jesus, when he looks at you, he doesn't see all your good works and all your bad works and your good days and your bad days. He looks at you through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and he sees Jesus Christ's righteousness on you, on your worst day and on your best day. And for some of us, we're never going to move forward if we can't get past this first question, who am I? And don't give me a list. Who are you? Who does God say you are? On your best day and on your worst day, who are you? See, Paul understood as good as anyone who he had been. And now because of Jesus, who he was, which leads us to the second question that we need to consider. And this is a, a big question that seems obvious, but it's so key if we're going to move forward. And here's the question. Who do I want to be? Well, we started with the question, who am I? Like, who am I? Not my list, not what the, the bad things, not my past. Who am I? But then the second question is this, like, who do I want to be? Paul, he, he lays it out. He lays it out very clearly in verse 10. He says it. He starts the, the verse with, my goal is. Here's where I'm going. Here's what I want to be. He says this in verse 10. My goal is to know him. And when he talks about knowing him, he's not, not talking about like, hey, I know of him or I know his name. I want to know him in intimate way. I want to have an intimate relationship. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Paul, who do you want to be? I know who you are. You, you just you told us who you are. And it had nothing to do with your past. It had nothing to do with what you do on your best day or on your worst day. Who, who are you? But now, Paul, who do you want to be? And Paul says this. I want to be an intimate friend of Jesus who walks in his power. No, 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 Paul. You, you, you want to be a church planner. 
No, no, Paul, you, you want to be a Bible scholar. You, you want to be an influencer. No, no, that's what I do. That's not who I am, and it's not who I want to be. That's what I do because of who I am. But that's not who I am. See, Paul says, man, I've, I've done a lot of things. I've done some things in my past that, man, I'm not proud of. And, and I've done some things in my life now that people tell me I should be proud of. But who do I want to be? Like at the end of the day, when this, this race is over, what do I want to be known for? I want to be an intimate friend of Jesus who walks in his power. See, when we, and we do this, maybe you're watching online, you can relate. When, when we confuse what we do with who we are, it leads to a few things. The first thing it does, it leads to depression. All, all you got to do is look at professional athletes. You look at pro, some professional, and this is just one example. You look at professional athletes who have put their identity in what the game they play. While they're playing the game, it, it, things are good. But when that game is over, when that career is over, when it ends unexpectedly because they put their identity in what they did, not who they are, you see a lot of professional athletes that man, have some rough years after they get done playing their game because their identity was tied to what they do, not who they are. And so it leads to depression. And maybe you've experienced that. It also leads to apathy. When we confuse what we do with who we are, it leads to depression, but it also leads to apathy. And here's what I mean. We get bored. After a while, what we do isn't as exciting as it once was, but because we have mistaken what we do for our identity, we have to continue to do it, but our heart's not in it, so we just live life going through the motions. We live an apathetic life. When we tie our identity to what we do instead of who we are, we find ourselves depressed and apathetic amongst other things. And it, Paul, I mean, Paul was really good at what he did, but it wasn't his identity. He, he knew who he was, and he knew who he wanted to become, which leads us to the last question. Really short question, but a really important question is the question simply, why? Why? Paul, who are you? He tells us, Paul, what do you want to become? Who do you want to be? He tells us, why? Paul, why? Why do you want to become what you say you want to become? Why, Paul? And here's why asking why questions is so important, because who questions point us in the right direction. I, I want to become something. It, it, maybe I'm going this way and I say, no, 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 no. That's not what I want to become. That's what I want to become. And so it, who questions? They, they point me in the right direction. But why questions keep me moving in the right direction when it gets hard? See, see, who questions might change my direction, but the why questions will keep me moving in the right direction when February comes and March comes and April, and it gets hard in life. They keep us moving in the right direction. And so, Paul, why? Why do you want to become what you say you want to be? 
And Paul says this in verse 13. He says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. Basically, Paul's saying, I, I haven't reached my goal. I'm, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. He says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, he says this, I pursue my goal. And for Paul, he's, he's thinking in athletic terms, he's thinking a finish line or maybe a target in like an archery contest. He's thinking about a specific thing that he's moving towards. He says, I pursue my goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. Paul, why? Why, Paul? Why, why do you want to be what you're, you're, you're saying you want to be? Paul, you're so accomplished. I mean, I mean Paul, you've, you've, at this point in his life, he had followed Jesus for 30 years. He has literally laid the foundation for the future of the church as we know it. He's been persecuted. He's been imprisoned. He's been left for dead, but yet he still moves forward. Why? Why, Paul? What keeps you motivated? And he says, you want to know my why? He says this. Here's my why. One day, I will see Jesus. And I want to please him by being faithful to his purpose for my life. Why, Paul? Why are you willing to be literally stoned and thrown out of a city and left for dead? And when you wake up from having rocks pelted at you to where they literally left you for dead, why did you get up and go back in the city? Why? Why, why Paul, when, when you were in prison and, and you had been beaten severely, why, why did you try to share Christ? Why did you write Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians while you were in prison? You could have felt sorry for yourself. Why? He says, because one day I'll see Jesus and I want to please him by being faithful to his purpose for my life. In Acts 20, as Paul's talking to some, some elders in Ephesus, he says it this way. He says this. He says, but I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul understood life's most important questions, which led him to the most important and right answers, which are literally still impacting you and me today. Paul, Paul understood the right questions. Paul, Paul understood what the answers to those questions were, and because Paul understood the answers to the right questions, his life was different, and our lives are different. If you're here and Maybe you're watching online. If, if any of us were, were honest, no matter where you are as it relates to faith, maybe you're skeptical of the whole Jesus thing. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. No, no matter where you are, no matter what age you are, if we're honest, 
we, we've all found ourselves frustrated at times. We found ourselves frustrated because we aren't making traction in areas of our life that we think are important. And could it be that, that we've been asking ourselves the wrong questions? See, we, we've been asking ourselves a lot of what questions, but we've neglected to ask ourselves and really grapple with what are the most important questions. We've been asking ourselves what questions for decades, and it doesn't seem to help with any traction. Could it be that we're not asking ourselves the right questions? Could it be that we haven't grappled with really the questions that could lead to change in our life? And, and what are those questions? We talked about them. Who am I? Not, not, not what's your name. Not, not what do you do. Not what are you good at. No, no, no. Who are you? What does God say? Who are you? For some of you, you would tell me something about your past because you're ashamed of it. For some of you, you would tell me something you're proud of in your life, something you're good at, something you tie your identity to. But, but that's not the question. Who am I? Who are you? What does God say? That second question, who do I want to be? Who, who, who do I want to be? Like, as you move forward in life a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 40 years from now, who do you want to be? And then that last question that's a, a short question, but it's a key question is why? Why? Why do you want to be what you say you want to be? See, let, let me walk you through how this plays out with some of the things I said earlier. So, so when we ask ourselves a lot of what questions, we, we say maybe, hey, what needs to change? I, I need to lose weight. What do I need to do? I need to join the gym. Okay, those are not bad things. But what if we were to maybe change? And what if we were to instead ask ourselves some of the right questions? What if we ask ourselves, who am I? I'm a child of God. On my best eaten day, on my worst eaten day, I'm a child that's loved dearly by God. Who do I want to be? I want to be healthy. I want to be a healthy person. I'm not tying it to a, a certain weight. I, I want to be healthy. And why? Why do I want to be healthy? What's going to keep me on the road to being healthy? Is it a gym membership? Because it hasn't worked in the past. No, what's going to keep me on the road to being healthy is I want to have energy to invest in my family and my ministry. For me, the reason that I want to be healthy is I want to walk my daughters down the aisle. I want to be at my grandkids' weddings. I want to be a part of their life. I want to have energy. That's a why. That will keep us on the road. A gym membership might help, but it's probably not going to keep us on the road. And, and I'm, I have a gym membership. I'm not against it. But we need to answer these questions first. What, what about the other, a couple others? Maybe for you, hey, what needs to change? This is the year I got to stop looking at porn. So, okay, so what am I going to do? I'm going to move my computer out of my room, which isn't a bad thing. But, but you and I both know, even with your computer out of the room, you can find ways to get to porn because you've done it before. So, so, so how would we instead ask ourselves the right questions. And so for me, 
Chris, why do you, why do you stay pure? Chris, why, why do you not look at porn? Am I tempted? Sure. Why don't I? Why don't you? We need to ask some different questions. Who am I? I'm the husband to Lori and I'm the dad to Austin, Julia, and Kate. That's who I am. Who do I want to become? I want to be a man of integrity who walks in freedom. Why? Why? Why don't I click? Why don't I? When, when the temptation is there to click on that site or click on that link or click on that picture, why don't we? It has to be more than, hey, I just moved the, the computer out of the room. For me, I want to be a living example to those I love most that God's way is best. When I sit across the table from my son over breakfast and I talk to him about following God, I want to be able to look at him and say, Austin, follow God. It's the best way. And I'm going to be your example of that. I don't want to say follow God. It's the best way. But oh, I don't. We got to have a why. We can't just have a bunch of what's. Let's talk about the last one. I want to manage my, what needs to change? Man, we got to get a handle on our finances this year. All right, so what are we going to do? We're going to, again, these aren't bad things. We're going to download a budgeting app. But but what if we ask ourselves some of the right questions and, and maybe took this thing a little bit deeper? Like, okay, who am I? I'm a steward of God's possessions. This money I have, this house I have, this, you, you fill in the blank with your possessions. These aren't mine. They're gifts from God that I have opportunity to manage and steward. So what do we want to become? We want to be a faithful steward who invests well what God has given. At the end of this thing, what are we we hoping for is that when God, at the end of this thing, he says, well done, You, you managed, you grew what I gave you. Why? Because, man, it's really hard to manage that money right. It's really hard when that opportunity comes and you want to blow the budget and you want to, uh, why, what's going to keep us doing the right thing and going down the right path? And, and everybody has to have their own whys. But for me, life is short and people spend eternity somewhere. And so for me, I want to invest in things that matter And if I don't manage my money, it's hard to do that. And so, whether you're watching online or whether you're here with us this morning, would you be willing to to set down your what list? And and those things are good. And we're going to talk about because what is important and what is we got to do some of those things. We're going to talk about that in this series, but would you be willing to this week to maybe set that list down? you've, You've made the list of what needs to change. You've made the list of what things you got to do to change. Would you be willing to just set that down? I mean, keep, stay on your diet, keep on your app, but, but just less, less focus on that. And would you be willing to ask yourselves and really grapple with some of these bigger questions? Who am I? What do I want to become? And why? It's not a quick process. It's going to take some effort. But I promise if you're willing to grapple with the right questions, you won't regret it. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, 
Maybe you're here and for you, as you begin to grapple with these questions, you, you, you begin to figure out, you know what, I'm, I've been kind of doing this thing alone. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and, and, and you'd say, man, my, my first step, if I'm going to move forward and make some lasting changes is, man, I need to start a relationship with Jesus. And, and man, it's real simple, real easy to do that. You can, you can do that right now even. You say, Chris, how, how would I start this year with a relationship with Jesus? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you just talk to God. Just tell him. Tell God, God, I, man, I admit to you that I've sinned. I admit to you I've, I've kind of done things my way. God, I believe that, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross and raise from the grave for me. And then just give him an invitation. God, would you come into my life? I want a new start. I want a relationship with you. Just tell him. And maybe for you, that's where you start this year. We'd love to help you. If you have questions, you could stop by the next steps table. We'd love to help you with that question. Maybe you're here and, and like most of you, you're, you're maybe online or you're here this morning and you've, you've already made that decision. And for you, Man, you've, you've found yourself frustrated. You've found yourself depressed at times because, man, you haven't made traction or you've been putting your identity in something that, man, isn't really where you should put your identity. Would you, over the next few days, and, and maybe just start right now, would you, over these next few days, would you ask God to give you insight as you spend time grappling with the right questions. The book of James tells us that when we ask for wisdom, when we ask for wisdom and we ask God and we have faith in God and trust in God, when, he, when we ask, he says he will give it to us in abundance. And so maybe for you, at the beginning of this year, it's just saying, God, I've, I've put my identity in things that I shouldn't. I've frustrated myself, I've depre I'm depressed because of different areas of my life, and man, I'm, I'm done asking the wrong questions, and, and Lord, I'm asking for your wisdom and your insight as I begin to grapple with who am I, who do I want to become, and why? And maybe as we even sing this last song, as the band leads us, that you would just quietly in your seat, you be would begin that conversation with God. He wants to help you. He wants to be your identity. He wants to help you move forward. He wants to help you gain freedom. He's just waiting. And so as the band leads us in a song, you can stand. And just in the quietness of this room as we sing this song, just talk to God and begin that conversation with Him this morning.